the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Good afternoon. Thanks for coming along for the Monday edition. After a very busy weekend of plays, concerts, picnics, out running around, enjoying ourselves in the, uh, the blue skies, the warm weather, we're happy that you're with us once again. <laughs> Kath, busy weekend for you as well, I assume. Was that a dream you had, John? It was. Mm. <laughs> it's like, yes. wow, I really missed out this weekend. Yeah, yeah. I've seen these four walls a lot. Yeah, have um, you? Yeah. It made me think I better go out and start to paint. We we had a Zoom um a Zoom call with some friends on Saturday night. Uh-huh. One of our friends was sort of putting us to shame and all the work that he's done around the house. I was on that same Zoom call and mm. he irritated me. <laughs> yeah. Well, now here's the deal. That's how bad it is. Our good friend was irritating me yeah. because of his, you know, I feel like it was, uh, it was braggadocious. Right. Well, you know, you saw my response was right back. I, <laughs> I've yet to vacuum the living room. <laughs> Meanwhile, this guy's adding like an addition. He's painted the Whatever. entire house. He's put a new front porch on. Gosh. He's got a victory garden going. I'm like, what the heck? Can what you pipe heck? down a little in your quarantine? Yeah, yeah really. What the heck? That's yeah. what I'm saying. I don't know. All How's right. Weekend? Seriously, well, I already know. I mean, <laughs> I mean, you know. It's fine. Here's, here's my weekend. I mean, geez. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I read some books. I made some good food. I felt, okay. I mean, it was fine. It's fine. It was fine. If it was 70 degrees, it would have been easier to take. Oh, yeah. I actually sat outside on Saturday afternoon for two hours. I was bundled up. I had my winter coat on, a scarf and a hat. And I just sat and you know what? Good for you. I, I, could, I wouldn't do that. Uh, how come? Because I just hate to be cold. Uh, I no, mean, I, d- I want to be warm more than I want to be outside. I guess right. I'm just lame. No, I just need to be outside. It's not a surprise I mean, to any of you. Anything, just anything to get Exactly, to get out. the heck what out. Hey, let me tell you all that we're streaming live on Facebook. So if you want to watch the show, go to Facebook at 101.5 Word FM or the Ride Home with John and Kathy. You can leave your comments, say hi, whatever. I'll be happy to respond as the show goes along. John, I hear you've been inspired by a local Pittsburgh couple who's made good. Yeah, okay. So... Um... In my reading, which is what I basically do now, I'm just a reading machine. Yeah. I was reading the um, the Wall Street Journal's Weekend Magazine, and what really caught my uh, attention, uh, the article is written by a man by the name of Scott Bergstein, and the headline is How One Retired Couple Ended Up Living in Pittsburgh. And so Scott is writing this Wait, article. living in Pittsburgh? Yeah, well- a living in Bali. Sorry. Right. Right. <laughs> Sorry. It's just Sorry. not the headline I was prepared for, John. Right. How one retired couple ended up living in Bali, which is a little different than Pittsburgh, you might uh-huh. imagine. You might. So uh, Scott, in this essay, talks about in 2011, he and his wife bought a, and this is his words, quote, little olive farm in Italy. 
One small olive farm. A little olive farm in Italy. All right. So um, this little village of Puglia, which is in the heel of the boot, he talked about this. Um, he says he's, his 60-year-old joints uh, really were wanting to make this work, but even with his wife, uh, the toil of running a little olive farm soon wore them down. So they started. His, to, I'm sorry, John. Is his wife aged? His wife is 37. Okay. So it wore down a 37 year old. Okay. A little olive farm. I mean, I and, felt worn down in my life. I'm not judging. I just wanted to clarify it. No, no. I mean, so they they did some self reflection and thought, well, okay, maybe this wasn't the brightest. Maybe thing Puglia isn't the place to land. Right, because you know, um, even though the people were very friendly, they didn't um, they didn't know the language. They weren't you know speaking Italian, so it was difficult. So they they started to look around a little bit and look at you know retirement part two. So they went to, of all places, Malaysia. Mm -hmm. And while they were there, they discovered this small island off the coast of Malaysia, uh, Penang, which is in one of the peninsulas. They uh, decided to stay. Uh, Penang is a city of one point, uh, uh, I'm sorry, Malaysia's capital, Kuala Lumpur, a city of 1.8 million, which is about an hour and a half uh, flight, this uh, Penang, Mm -hmm. this little uh, village. And they rented an apartment, 1500 bucks a month, a spacious four-bedroom apartment okay. in a high-rise within walking distance of popular restaurants, street food, and nightlife, included an Olympic-length swimming pool, a concierge, shuttle service, yoga classes, and many other amenities for 1500 bucks a month. Sounds lovely. Even that was not to their liking. No. They thought, it's fine, but... Um, we wanted something even a little more exotic. They started to go to the beach in Bali, which was That's about a two-hour flight. Mm-hmm. So they started to go Bali, Bali, Bali. Ends up, they have decided to rent an apartment in Bali. Now, the place in Bali, $500 a month to live in Bali. Yeah, Three bedrooms, great amenities. Everybody apparently speaks English. Lots of culture, mm-hmm. lots of friendship, and they right. decided they're going to stay in Bali and continue to live at 500 bucks a month in their retirement. It sounds pretty good, doesn't it? I was very close to Bali just a couple months ago. It was only about an hour away. Yeah. And it is a beautiful part of the world. It is a beautiful, and, and Bali, as you said, is different than the rest of Indonesia because um, it's filled with mostly English speakers. And so it's super cheap. It's easy to navigate, my friends tell me. Um, it's you know a simple place for an American or a European to settle. And you know what it looks like, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, when people talk about you know beach heaven, I mean, they bring up night. Bali. Okay. All right. So they, so this couple retired there. Obviously they have a ton of cash. I mean, the woman's 37 years old and she's already retiring. Well, so, see, wait, so he says, uh, in our downtown Pittsburgh condo, we were short walks from theaters, restaurants, and sport venues. Right. Right. So he's living downtown or he was living in right. downtown, but he did well with himself. Sure. But he needed something else. He needed okay. a little more cosmopolitan Great. feel. Terrific. Terrific. So they have settled in Bali, which is gorgeous. Would you, John Hall, retire in Bali if money was no option? If money was no option. No, of course not. I'm going to stay, you know, close to family and friends. Okay. So you would stay? Yes. Okay. However, however, 
from many people who are retired, right, and struggling with home ownership, school taxes, all those things that, you know, creep up on you in your advanced years, the idea of living well for 500 bucks a month yeah. and living in paradise. It's nice. That, but you'd and have ba- to say goodbye yeah, to everybody Bali, you know. Bali looks a lot like paradise, but let me tell you how far away that is. Oh, it's the other side of the it world. It is on the exact opposite side of our planet. Right. It is a long way away. So if you have any Children. family, friends, any, Grandchildren. any people you really hold dear that you want to see, you're, I mean, that's just, that's nutty. I, no. I would never do that. I could never do that. Right. I mean, I, I think I told you this. I had a friend who was a, um, a mailman and he saved his money. And of course, he's got a mailman government pension. Uh, this is probably 20 years ago. He said, I'm going to Guatemala. And he mm-hmm. bought a place in Guatemala. Another now, I beautiful don't know if that's country. His, right? I'm, it's a lot closer. A lot closer. Right? But still, closer. you're far away. Right. You are fine. I couldn't do that. Look, if I was independently wealthy, what I'd do is retire here and just travel all over. Right. I just don't, I don't have a need to go live somewhere else. No, I'd call no, it home right. base. I don't know. But it'd be a nice idea, wouldn't it? It'd be just a little fantasy. I mean, I always think about, oh, I'd have to go travel. 500 bucks a month to live in Bali? I know. I didn't have I any know. idea. Was that Well, a, look at expensive? it this way. If you can live there for 500 bucks a month, I can guarantee you it's a cheap vacation. So after all of this is over, you can just put Bali on your list of places that you want to go. The plane fare is really not that much. Really? I think it cost me, I think I paid less than $1,000 hmm. to get to Indonesia. So right. it's not that much of a plane ticket. Probably it's cheaper than when I went to Europe a couple months previous. Okay. So uh, I guess the thing is, and I should need to contact my travel agent. Are there yeah, still travel you, agents? That, yeah. Oh yeah. I have a good friend who's a travel agent really? and you know what? They have a lot of free time right now. I bet they do. Mm. A lot of free time. All right. We have a terrific show ahead. We're really looking forward to talking in our five o'clock hour to our good friend, Mark Galley, who's the former editor of Christianity Today. When did we start forgetting God is the question he's asking. We're also going to talk about a baseball league, which is restarting in Taiwan under a very interesting circumstance. And coming up next this week in the nation's capital, let's go inside the Beltway and talk to our good friend Greg Clugston about what's news today. That's on the Monday edition of The Ride Home. WORD. Dr. J. Vernon McGee often said that our faith is in the book, the blood of Jesus, and the blessed hope of his soon return. This week on Through the Bible, we explore that blessed hope in the most unlikely places, the Old Testament book of Amos. I'm Steve Schwetz, inviting you to join us as together we'll discover the riches of God's mercy and also be faced with the fact that we can't get by with our sin. Through the Bible, this evening at 9 p.m. on 101.5 WORD. Hello, friends. It's me, Marcia, from the Spring House. We are hoping you are all healthy and safe. Our family wanted to let you know that because our cows are requiring twice-a-day milking, the Spring House is still open for you to stop by for your farm fresher from our herd milk and hot-out-of-the-oven breads and buns and meats and cheeses and cookies and anything that will make life happy and comfy and easier during these uncertain times. Our buffet is still full of family recipe lunches and suppers every day to take home to eat at your own family table and our catering team even created a special take and bake meal which you can check out online we even ordered in extra toilet paper in case any of you are in a pinch 
We've been so blessed this last week by customers thanking us for staying open and best of all, telling us that they're praying for us. We just wanted to let you know that we are praying for all of you too. Here's a big hug from all of us at the Springhouse to you. We love you. As a business owner, you're in a difficult position today. Stay-at-home regulations, social distancing, and in some cases, extreme limitations on our individual liberties have caused small and medium businesses to question whether marketing during this time is the right thing to do. You're asking a lot of questions and you're getting few, if any, answers. Salem Surround is here to help business owners during these challenging times. We're sponsoring free webinars April 22nd and 24th, featuring nationally known marketing and advertising experts, Burrell & Associates, named in the top 2% of worldwide consultants by Gerson Lehrman Group. They'll discuss how to manage marketing in times of crisis and examples of how some businesses actually thrive in difficult times. Attend virtually to hear some factual data on what you can do to keep your business top of mind, relevant, and vital to customers today. Two free seminars are offered each day, April 22nd or 24th, and limited space is available. For times and to sign up, go to SalemSurround.com. SalemSurround.com. I'm not a big talker. I am a big doer. But sometimes the only way to solve the problem is to get on the horn and figure it out. So the only people I like talking to? Granger, With knowledgeable product experts, ready with the answers to my toughest questions, Calling Granger is the one conversation I don't mind having. From machining and motor parts to valves and vacuum pumps, when it comes to solving my problems, Granger's got my back. Call, click Granger.com, or stop by to see for yourself. Granger, for the ones who get it done. The nation is still in the throes of coronavirus, of course. However, there is talk in Washington, D.C. and in all the state's capitals about when is the appropriate time to reopen. Our first guest always on the Monday Ride Home edition of The Ride Home is Greg Clugston. Greg Clugston is the SRN News White House correspondent who always brings us up to date on happenings in the nation's beltway and in the, uh, the nation as a whole. Greg, welcome to the show. Uh, how are you? I trust that you and your family are well. Yes, thanks for uh, for asking. We are well, we are healthy, uh, at and, least so far, and we're doing our best to uh, to manage. So it's good to be back with you guys, John and Kathy. Thank you. Thank you. Wonderful, Greg. Always good to hear from you. Let's talk about this relationship between the federal government and the state governments. I mean, it was only, what, four days ago that the president was tweeting, uh, liberate Virginia or liberate Michigan. I'm not even sure what states he was interested in liberating. Um, talk about the results of that. Yeah, this has been going on for for several days now, and even before that, Kathy, about a, it might have been a week ago tonight at one of the daily White House briefings, the president declared that um, he is going to be calling the shots um, and not the governors, and so he was laying down uh, this this marker essentially to say that this is a federal government operation in terms of reopening the government, and then a couple of days later when he announced his three-phase plan for helping the country reopen and get the economy going again, he essentially said, you know what, it's up to the governors. They're going to be calling the shots on this. And, uh, but since then, there's been sort of this tension between the White House and a handful of, of, of governors, uh, not all governors. He does, he does like to praise many of them. But then there are times when um, he, he'll go after – Democrats, uh, you know, states that are led by Democratic governors. And so, like, for example, these tweets on on Liberate, he um, is defending himself, the president is, by saying, I'm in in favor of, 
you know, making sure that Second Amendment gun rights and those things aren't trampled on, uh, whereas um, at the very core of the state-level protests, you know, you've got people saying, we really, for our livelihood, we need to get back to work. And that really, that that is where the struggle of this whole reopening is. It's a, it's, it's a tension between how do you get the economy revived and people back to work, but also keeping people safe and healthy at the same time. Right. And of course, you can understand, Greg, I mean, we're fortunate, all of us here, we, we do have a job, mm-hmm. but there are many, many millions of people across the country who are still unemployed and looks to be so for a, a considerable amount of time. So if you don't have a job, and in many ways, if you don't trust the government mouthpiece, and you're anxious, uh, people like today have gone across uh, here in the state of Pennsylvania, in Harrisburg, in downtown Pittsburgh today, there's been marketed demonstrations about reopening the government. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we're not likely to see that end anytime soon. You know, the president, I think it was at last night's briefing, was saying, look, people have got cabin fever. Well, the cabin fever is one thing, but also then going out and protesting and and taking matters into your own hands in terms of saying, and a lot of people are saying they're, they're going to be defying their governor's orders and, and not wearing masks in public and, you know, those, those kinds of things. And you can, you can understand how the social fa- fabric can really start to disintegrate yes. mm-hmm. uh, because people are desperate in, in certain situations. Because as you point out, John, yeah, if they, haven't been in, if they haven't been to work for several weeks now and they're overdue on rent and they just don't know where their next paycheck is going to come or if it'll come, you can understand the desperation there. Greg, let's talk about the uh, crashing oil prices. Um, this is something that's not a huge surprise, but boy, the numbers I read this morning, really shocking. Right. And what we saw on Wall Street today, too, was a reflection of the turmoil in the global oil market. So the Dow, you know, ended up falling almost 600 points today, um, which is, a, you know, it's a two and a half percent, you know, drop. But essentially, we saw historic drop in oil prices. And, and the bottom line is people aren't driving. People right. aren't flying in airplanes, not just here in the U.S., but around the world. And so because of that, the demand has just fallen off the cliff for gasoline and oil products. And essentially, um, all these suppliers have all of this oil, or whether it's refined or still crude, it doesn't have anywhere to go. And so it has created this glut, this uh, oversupply, and that has that is what has sent prices sharply lower. You know, the president often talks about how it's it's like it's like a built-in tax cut for Americans. But if you're not able to take advantage of filling up your car because you're not driving to work, um, it, it, it's hard hard to know. So it, I, I'm expecting uh, to see volatility continue when it comes to the oil prices. And then also, I was reading in the business pages that you know we're coming into uh, the part of the calendar year where we're we're expecting here um, even this week a lot of the major companies and corporations in the U.S. to report their first quarter findings mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, first quarter economic reports. And so people are bracing for what those numbers might look like. I see. Well, to be honest, I mean, I haven't filled my gas tank up for more than two weeks and it wasn't, you know, a weekly occurrence. So I'm with everybody else, right? I mean, you're just not, you're not we're not going anywhere. Greg, uh, talk to us about um, testing, Right. I mean, it feels as though the opening of the economy is uh, is dependent upon uh, people being tested and um, everybody having a bail availability for testing. 
Um, it feels as though uh, th- there's no sort of national sort of trend here that this is going to happen anytime soon. Uh, states are sort of making up as they go along. And I-, I think in the pipeline, there's still not enough testing available for the general population to feel comfortable to go out and get things going again. Yeah, I think I think that's a, a, a safe you know assessment there and an accurate one there, John, because uh, it is another point of disagreement on some levels between the federal government and state governors across the country, because you'll have the president or one of the members of his task force say, you know, we have conducted you know four and a half million tests now nationwide. It's the most mm-hmm. in the world. Um, but when you look at four million tests, and I understand just the logistics of testing 4 million plus is a lot. But when you look at it compared to our country's population, it's a very small percentage. And so I I think it's going to continue to be a point of contention between the governors and and the president, because the president was saying last night at the briefing, testing is a local issue, meaning it's up to the governors and state health officials to to work out any backlogs of, of testing and also to uh, in many cases, get the supplies. Now, the White House and, and the federal government have said that they will provide backup and, and assistance in securing some of these supplies, but it's a mad scramble. So you essentially have a lot of governors going out on their own, you know, states individually competing on the market for these supplies. Because I think when, when you boil it down, you guys, um, it really becomes an issue of confidence about people mm-hmm. going out in public. If If there is widespread testing, uh, then people would be able to ha- have a little bit more information and data about not only themselves, but maybe the people that they work with in, 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 a, in a workplace, in an office building, um, and or wherever they work. And that building of confidence will allow people then the ability to start, you know, moving back into the economy. But with a shortage of testing, um, you're going to have a lack of confidence, and uh, right. they're they're interrelated, I think. Right. And Greg, I keep coming back to this, but, you know, just reading the the feelings, the viewpoints of people on my social media feed, the um, acrimony between the federal government and the state government, as it's nothing new in America, but just in a situation like this now, I think it's profoundly unhelpful. Um, and so I'm, you know, I'm not, I guess I'm not asking you to project hope for the future, but I am just wondering if there are glimmers of optimism in that regard. I mean, you're right. It was only a week ago that the president was saying he had the, you know, I don't know, complete authority might've been the quote that he used. Um, and then he was talking about liberating different States, but when he's talking last night and saying we've, we've done 4 million tests and yet the reason that the testing is not more available is that quote, some States don't know where they are. Right. Yeah. We've heard that a couple of times, including last night from the White House saying that tests and supplies have been delivered to states, but that states have no understanding of the whereabouts or, or the capacity of, of certain systems uh, for testing. So uh, there's a little bit of finger pointing going both right. directions. And even in some tweets earlier today, the president was accusing Democrats uh, in some cases of playing politics, and he was referring to governors specifically, you know, playing politics over their complaints about lack of testing. 
and and that isn't helpful either coming from the white house um and to be honest there have been portions of these these daily briefings at the white house where it's been sort of a vent session for president trump right. and uh i'm sure there are some viewers tuning in wondering you know how how, how helpful it is um to the relationship um between the federal government and the state governments to have that sort of you know, battle cry being, you know, blasted by the president. So unfortunately, like a lot of things, politics, you know, creeps into this, and that's probably not going to go away anytime soon. Right. So in the meantime, we're sort of at a, a bit of a Mexican standoff with science or belief in the middle. So here in the state of Pennsylvania, Greg, the governor, uh, uh, Governor Wolf, has said stay-at-home orders are still in effect mm-hmm. until May 8th. So no one's doing anything here until at least May 8th. My guess is a little bit longer, maybe, you know, the end of May. And so the president in his daily briefings is going to continue to push forward for some sort of uh, freedom, some sort of resolution. But I think the governors hold the key here until testing's in place and people's confidence is up. Nothing's going to change. Sure. And, you know, it was it was on purpose that when the White House released last week its three-phase reopening plan, there were no dates associated with those phases, because obviously each state, each region, each locality uh, is going to be different in terms of, you know, the number of cases sure. and, um, and working through, you know, the criteria to move to the next phase. But I think what we, we, we could possibly expect from the president uh, would be him highlighting what some governors and what some areas are doing in terms of reopening as a way to trumpet and encourage <laughs> others to try to do that. But I, I think you're right when you point to what's happening there uh, in your state. Uh, we're seeing that um, here in the Washington, D.C. area and things. And, you know, some states have already canceled school, for example, for the rest of this academic year. Um, and others are still holding out hope that they could maybe get the last month of, of classes in. So you're going to see sort of this, you know, this patchwork of, of, of different rules and regulations and guidelines observed across the country, depending on where you live. Greg Clugston with us, SRN News White House correspondent. Greg, our time is short, so one more question for you. I think I'm going to put you on the spot here. How about a a glimmer of optimism? Uh, Anything good that you've seen in the last week or so, something that made you say, wow, that's, that's really good news? Well, there are there are good news stories that do emerge even in times of crisis. Um, yes. I was reading, and this is, doesn't have anything to do about the federal government or here in Washington, D.C., and to be honest, I can't remember what state um, this originated from, but there was a, one small town where um, there was a wealthy individual who wanted to send gift cards to, um, you know, to the city office. Um, you know, the mayor's office to distribute in some way. And then Mm -hmm. uh, there was a conversation between the mayor and this individual. And as it turned out, uh, this individual had enough money to to send, I think, $75 or $150 gift cards to local residents, to local for local businesses and restaurants, to every single household in the town of about 350 people. (laughs) Wow, that's cool. That's very cool. Wow. there, there okay. are there are good news stories of generosity, um, even when you're hearing you know uh, very difficult stories about overloaded emergency rooms and COVID, um, you know wings of of facilities that are just overwhelmed. So, um, 
and obviously when when we gather with our uh, our church family during the week and especially on on Sunday even if it's a an online service um we realize that uh you know the ultimate hope the ultimate victory um is something that we can look forward to I'm into that. So here it is, Greg, uh, April 20th. Let's hope by this time next month, right, May 20th, the log jam will start to uh, open up a little bit and we can get on with our lives. Let's just pray for that. That would be fantastic. It sure would. Well, Greg, always a pleasure. Thanks so much. We really appreciate uh, your input here, uh, having your pulse on the nation's capital inside the White House. Always a pleasure. Thank you, John. Thank you, Kathy. Thank you. Greg Clugston, SRN News, White House correspondent, Salem Radio Network. We need to step away for just a few minutes. Uh, We've got much more ahead. Um, How about, um, well, let's read some scripture, but we'll do that in a little bit, okay? Are you on a credit card treadmill, paying high interest rates and only making minimum payments? The credit card companies love keeping you on their treadmill, going faster and faster and getting nowhere. It's time to call National Debt Relief. If you have $10,000 or more in credit card debt, consolidation loans, medical bills, or collection accounts, National Debt Relief may be able to resolve your debt for a fraction of what you owe with no need for bankruptcy or a consolidation loan. National Debt Relief has resolved more than $3 billion of debt and has helped over 100,000 clients get off the credit card treadmill. Get off the credit card treadmill and get on the road to financial freedom. Call the company ranked number one for debt resolution and rated A-plus with the Better Business Bureau, National Debt Relief. For your free no-obligation evaluation, call today, 800-990-4711, 800-990-4711, 800-990-4711. You've all helped build MyPillow into the amazing company that it is today. Now, Mike Lindell, the inventor and CEO of MyPillow, wants to give back to my listeners. You can get great discounts on all MyPillow products if you go to MyPillow.com right now and click on the radio listener specials. You're going to see some amazing offers. Right now, MyPillow is offering an exclusive radio special. Today, we're offering buy one, get one free on a variety of amazing products, including the Supima MyPillows, Giza Dream Sheets, MyPillow Towels, Roll and Go Anywhere Pillows, Duvet Covers, Giza Pillowcase, Bolster Pillows, and Neck Pillows. Plus, if you buy Mike Lindell's book, What Are the Odds? From Crack Addict to CEO, you'll get free shipping and a $25 gift card. Just go to MyPillow.com, enter promo code WORD, or call 800-391-0954. Be sure to use promo code word. MyPillow is answering the call for more face masks as the country continues to deal with a global coronavirus pandemic. They'll be making face masks for hospitals across the country. Upwork has the world's largest network of proven independent professionals, and I have an alphabetical list of them. Accountants, administrative assistants, animators, architects. You get the point. When you need in-demand talent on demand, Upwork is how. Washington County parents, you have a choice in your child's education. For nearly 40 years, Central Christian Academy in Houston is where pre-K through 8th grade students receive the comprehensive education they need to become top of the class. Learn more at ccaschool.com. Come on, smile. Oh, honey, he's still not smiling. Maybe he's not a smiler. Yeah, maybe he's just not a happy baby. Maybe he's just being a boy. Or maybe he's teething. Maybe it's just a phase. Maybe he has autism, and we can definitely do something to help. Maybe is all you need to find out more about autism. No big, joyful smiles by six months is one early sign. Learn the others at AutismSpeaks.org slash signs. Brought to you by Autism Speaks and the Ad Council. We are everywhere. On your radio at 101.5 WORD-FM Pittsburgh at WordFM.com, the WordFM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and at Radio.com. 
turning cloudy tonight with a shower late, low 45. Cloudy tomorrow becoming windy and chilly with a couple of showers, high 47. Tomorrow night becoming clear and colder. There will be a freeze, low 28. Wednesday, Sunday, the partly cloudy, still cool. High Wednesday, 51. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Brian May. A lot of family and friends, I hear this. I miss sports so much. Oh, my gosh. Don't you miss sports? Yes. And it's one thing to watch, you know, old bucko games or the Masters on tape, but you already know the outcome, so it's not live. So here's some good news. The Chinese Professional Baseball League has started its season as of yesterday. Okay. That's Um, a good sign. The Rakatoon 9 versus the China Trust Brothers uh, started the game, played the game. However... Uh, in an effort to keep everyone safe, there were no live fans in the uh, in the stands. Okay. Instead, there were um, cardboard cutouts, mannequins, and drum playing robots. Wait, could you go Car- back to that last sentence? Cardboard cutouts, mannequins, and drum playing robots in the stands. Now, I don't know. I mean, you guys aren't old enough, but way back in the day. Chili Billy used to do studio wrestling in the uh, Channel 11 studios, and they had mm-hmm. cardboard cutout fans. This is kind of what that's like. Okay. And why would you do that? I don't know. I mean, we know that like the players are adults and yeah. recognize that that's not a real person. Right. So uh, my guess is, uh, uh, so I've seen this, the New York Post picked this story up and it's what you, you know, what I described. It's cardboard cutouts. There's some mannequins only, you know, the top of their body, kind of like they're, we are. In, they're in the stands. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. they've got zip tied like signs. Zip ties are holding up their, their signs. They're dressed in some, you know, team jerseys and things like that. Just okay. sort of appear as though there are stand fans in the stands. Okay. That's weird. I don't know. No, I think that's weird. It's just an ode to let's get back to normal. But the good news is the Chinese Professional Baseball Association, they are now saying we are the first professional baseball organization to go live. Which is terrific. That's good news for everybody. Which is terrific. And I hope that I hope MLB can find out some way to do that. And I am a little annoyed with the multi-jillionaire baseball players who seem to be shooting down every possibility that uh, MLB management brings up. I'm not saying that they're all good alternatives, but I'm saying, how about a spirit of cooperation? If if it was you, though, would you want to play ball? If, you know, you thought your life would be in danger and especially your children and your, you know, your spouse? Well, I think, I I don't know if I'd want to play ball, but I know one thing for sure. If I'm getting paid that amount of money and there are that many Americans who love my game, who are out of work, I would be a little nicer in how I communicate. I guess. Okay, they're playing baseball. So if they're playing baseball somewhere in the world, then hope is on for right. us. Okay, now well. wait a minute. What about the mannequins? The mannequins, yeah. There's, so there's mannequins, just the bot, you know, the top part of the mannequin. That's they're weirder. in the seats. That's their weird. arms are raised and there's zip ties on them. No, we That's could all. never do that. That's worse than a cardboard cutout. <laughs> I don't want it. Let's take a break. Hey, there's a, a wonderful local organization called Global Links that has helped with surplus medical uh, devices and instruments yes. and all sorts of material yes. locally for decades. Now they're helping here as well around the United States. Stay with us. Angela Garcia joins us. Next. WORD. Oh, 
This week on Through the Bible, we begin an exciting study of the New Testament book of 2 Peter. Dr. J. Vernon McGee helps us process some amazing truth, including how to have peace with God, how to know God, and then how to have everything that we need for life and godliness. I'm Steve Schwetz, as always, inviting you to join us for this terrific study that emphasizes the value of studying God's Word and knowing it intimately. Through the Bible, this evening at 9 p.m. on 101.5 WORD. With all that's going on right now, the last thing you want to do is add to your stress. But credit card debt does that, doesn't it? Even though these are hard times and credit card debt can add up, you don't have to tackle it alone. Nonprofit Trinity Debt Management can help. Trinity will consolidate your accounts into one easy-to-manage monthly payment, put a stop to late fees, and drastically reduce your interest. You'll pay thousands less than you originally owed. It's not a loan. It's a way to become debt-free and possibly improve your credit score. So call Trinity and talk to a certified counselor. They'll explain their proven program to you with no pressure, just practical solutions and hope for tomorrow. Take away this added stress today and be there for your family. If you're ready to pay off credit cards in less time for less money, then pick up the phone and call for a free no-obligation debt analysis and become debt-free for keeps. If your debt has you down, we should talk. Call 1-800-990-5496. That's 1-800-990-5496. Are you tired of some of the movies that Hollywood puts out? Why not redeem the time you're spending at home with family and watch something that affirms your values? For a limited time, you can purchase No Safe Spaces, A film that reveals how freedom of speech is being threatened and how some are even attacked for their Christian beliefs right here in America. Freedom of speech is important for the spread of the gospel. Truth flourishes where it's allowed to be heard. But your speech and beliefs are under attack now more than ever. People have been accused of hate speech for simply speaking about the gospel. And some politicians have threatened to permanently shut down churches because of the pandemic. There is no more important time to watch No Safe Spaces. Go to nosafespaces.com. Use the code SAVE25 to get 25% off your purchase. That's SAVE25. This offer is only available for a limited time. Go to nosafespaces.com today. If you're a licensed counselor in Pennsylvania, Grace Wellness Center doesn't want to hire you. They want to partner with you. At Grace Wellness Center, you'll find the personal support and professional development you need to build your ideal clientele. Grace Wellness Center invests in you so you can invest in your clients. Get the support, training, and personal coaching you need to pursue your passion and build the kingdom with offices throughout Greater Pittsburgh. Join the team at thegracewellnesscenter.com. You know, it's really interesting to think about uh, large organizations that have really given their best, the best of who we are here here in the United States. And for decades, they've given out to third world countries, people in need, whether it's been food or clothing or education or medical supplies. Well, now, because things have contracted so deeply, a lot of those organizations have become local or decided to help those in need here in the United States. Well, Angela Garcia is with us. Angela is the executive director of Global Links. It's a humanitarian medical aid organization based right here in the city of Pittsburgh in Green Tree, as a matter of fact, not too far from our studios. And Angela is with us to talk to us about Global Links. Angela, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Angela, talk to us about Global Links. So Global Links was founded 30 years ago uh, by three women from Pittsburgh with a mission to provide 
the materials that healthcare workers and caregivers need to care for our um, most vulnerable neighbors. And for 25 years, we did that uh, primarily internationally, working with the World Health Organization um, in countries in Latin America and the Caribbean for the most part. We continue to have those international programs, but about four or five years ago, we started a local program here in Pittsburgh called Community Partners, and really with the same mission, to provide the healthcare providers in our nonprofit sector with the materials they need or their clients or patients need but potentially couldn't afford. So we worked before COVID-19, we worked with about 35 local agencies that range from Operation Safety Net, who cares for our homeless, to the free and charitable clinics around here, um, and the Red Cross. We help them respond to emergencies when medical equipment is needed. And um, we do that to the tune of about uh, 300 tons of material out of our distribution center every year. And we are your neighbors. Uh, everybody can see us from the Parkway West when they're driving out towards the airport. Take a look on your right. And um, really, we handle a wide range of medical products, so everything from what you find in a doctor's office to uh, things that may be, you know, we, we won't see much here in Western Pennsylvania, but internationally we provide waiting room chairs, stretchers, mm-hmm. things that really help them deliver care um, and with dignity and respect for all, regardless of ability to pay. Angela, that's just fabulous. I mean, just what a great story. And you've been doing it here under our noses for all these many decades and now here locally for the past four or five years. Talk about the uh, the feed, all the materials. This is excess from corporations that you've interacted with? So, on a, uh, again, I, I think we all are putting that qualifier, right? Pre-COVID-19, all of our yeah. materials were surplus recovery. What does that mean? It means we work with uh, 35, sorry, 30 hospitals um, in Pennsylvania as well as in Ohio, West Virginia, and Maryland to identify where they may have materials that are coming out of service. Um, and that may be because they're remodeling or they're consolidating units or they're changing a product, you know, they're upgrading technology and maybe, you know, an earlier version of a product uh, they no longer need. Okay. Um, think, but we also work with the community, so we're all healthcare consumers. So surplus that's left after a home care treatment or, you know, when we lose a loved one, what do we do with, you know, grandma or grandpa's wheelchair and um, their breathing machines and things like that. We can also accept those materials whenever we're back to normal. Right now we can't accept any any donations um, from any source, but that is what um, we do is we look for opportunities to safely recover still useful materials, um, many of which have never been used. Um, And then we have a very large volunteer program who we are missing dearly because this is Volunteer Appreciation Week, and we had to close to the public as of um, March 13th, but we receive about 4,000 members of the community every year who help us sort and pack and quality check and clean and get everything ready. Uh, for donation to our partners, because our goal is that everybody, everything that leaves our building, whether it's going to Haiti or Honduras or, you know, any any area of Pittsburgh, that it goes out as if it would be used for our moms and our grandmothers. That's our mm. quality threshold. So it really reflects um, us as a donate, donating community. It reflects Greater Pittsburgh. And thankfully, because our volunteers are... Um, 
just so dedicated, we had a well-prepared inventory. And so we pivoted on March 13th and have been fulfilling orders ever since. Wow, that's wonderful. Angela Garcia is with Executive Director of Global Links. Angela, our time is short, but I want to ask you about the change that you have had to undergo, as we all have, pre-COVID-19, after COVID-19. Talk about the services you're providing, the ways that you've changed since the outbreak has hit. Absolutely. So when we decided that we would uh, really pivot the majority of our our staff to work on serving our regional needs, we knew that uh, the safety net is what we call it, the nonprofit sector, the free and charitable clinics, um, the uh, sheltered population, so the homeless shelters, the vets shelters, uh, shelters for victims of domestic abuse, um, many human service agencies such as um, uh, trying to think, Operation Safety Net, I already mentioned, Jeremiah's Place, the Crisis Nursery, we knew that they don't have that ability to to have a large stock or to do group purchasing to get large amounts of materials. So we really wanted to focus on getting them the the PPE those first few weeks, you know, the masks, the gloves, the gowns. Mm-hmm. And since then, we're in week five now. We're also including the senior care facilities, so our assisted living facilities in Allegheny and surrounding counties. So six counties here in Southwest Pennsylvania. Um, but but we knew we'd have a limited amount of inventory, so we started working with some local manufacturers and make shops that pivoted their operations and are producing uh, reusable face masks, so emergency face masks out of cloth, face shields, and we were um, we continually are fundraising to be able to purchase those from the local. Uh, companies to supplement our inventory, and we are now up to about 100 agencies that we have um, handled, and we are receiving orders as we speak. Wow, that's fabulous. So the hope is that, Angela, we we have a conversation with you post-COVID-19, however many months that is down the line, and um, you're restocked and you're reinvigorated, and it's not only locally, but once again, you're back up with your national distribution. Uh, and I would look forward to that because our mission is to share surplus and save lives. We've never felt that is uh, more relevant than it is today. And we look forward to serving our local and global neighbors for years to come. Wonderful. So people can easily find Global Links on the web, right? Globallinks.org uh, is a nonprofit. We're also on Facebook, Instagram. LinkedIn and Twitter and you know a lot of great stuff going on here in Pittsburgh a lot of great collaboration and um, anyone have questions they can we are working we're essential business many of us are telecommuting but uh, we do have some folks that come in and pick up the mail so please reach out we love to hear from our own community and any support is welcome as well. What a terrific organization Global Links we've been talking to Angela Garcia executive director. All right, we're going to step away. When we come back, uh, we'll have a public reading of Scripture. We've been doing this each day on our show for the last, I don't know, since this whole thing started. Um, (laughs) So focus on that. Also, we'll talk about six things to know about talking to your doctor online. Does that work? I don't know. Telemedicine? Like the rest of us, you're probably tired of all those annoying sales calls to your home telephone number. Now, there's a solution. Ouroldnumber.com will block those pesky robocalls from getting through. And most live sales calls will hang up. So how does it work? Callers to your home telephone number will hear a personalized greeting from you. The caller selects the family member they wish to reach, and the call is immediately forwarded onto the family member's cell phone. 
There's no equipment to buy. There's nothing to install. No long-term contracts. It's still your phone number and remains in directory assistance. The service is only $9.99 per month, and you can eliminate your landline connection and save money. Now, calls to your home phone number can reach any member of the family wherever they are and get rid of those annoying sales calls. OurOldNumber.com. It's just $9.99 per month. Go to OurOldNumber.com to learn how you can get started blocking sales calls today. That's OurOldNumber.com. OurOldNumber.com. You'll be glad you did. This is an important coronavirus update from the nonprofit Global Healthy Living Foundation. Do you or a loved one live with a chronic illness? If so, you and your family may be at a higher risk for contracting the COVID-19 coronavirus. The Global Healthy Living Foundation has made free information and support available for your protection and well-being. Go to GHLF.org to enroll in their free patient support program to get updates and information related to the coronavirus outbreak. Protect yourself and your family. Visit GHLF.org. Today. This is John Samick. I'm the owner of Service Master of Greater Pittsburgh. We're not only a local Pittsburgh business, but friends and neighbors as well. Please take the recommended social precautions and we'll all get through this together. The man, the yellow man. Service Master. I'm John Samick, owner of Service Master of Greater Pittsburgh. I wanted to let our Pittsburgh family know that we are still providing emergency services for property that's been damaged by water, fire, and smoke. We're here when you need us. The man, the Master. Spending more time inside? J&D Waterproofing can help you breathe a little easier. Protect your family, friends, and pets from mold, dampness, and other unhealthy elements. For over 80 years, J&D has been making Pittsburgh basements very dry and improving indoor air quality with solutions like the Easy Breathe System. Eliminate unhealthy mold and allergy-causing moisture without filters or reservoirs while using less energy than a 40-watt light bulb. Call 1-800-VERY-DRY or visit jdwaterproofing.com. We will never fully understand what we've asked of our military service members or their families, asking them to put themselves in harm's way, to endure it all. But we do understand that it's our turn, our duty, to keep them secure for the rest of their lives. Wounded Warrior Project long-term support programs help our most severely ill or injured veterans live independently, at no cost for life, so that they might stand at ease. Join us at findwwp.org. Since the beginning of the crisis, we have been focusing one segment of our show each day to the public reading of Scripture. Now, just yesterday, I was online, I was on Twitter, and I saw several prominent Christians doing the same thing, saying the same thing, that their church communities are doing it, or their neighborhoods are doing it, or they're doing it at home. Anyway, it's just been a wonderful encouragement to so many people. And do we need the wisdom and knowledge of God now? Do we need the comfort of God? And in this Eastertide season, do we need to read more about the resurrection of Jesus and the hope that that gives us? So, yeah. Yeah. I think All right, it's the so only thing that's keeping you sane. Isn't it the truth? <laughs> really, it is. It really is. Okay, John. So um, today's reading is from 1 Corinthians first. <laughs> let me say that again. 1 Corinthians 15. You want to start us out? Hello. <laughs> if it is preached that Christ has been raised from the dead, how can some of you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? If there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, our preaching is useless. And so is your faith. 
More than that, we are then found to be false witnesses about God, for we have testified about God that he raised Christ from the dead. But he did not raise him if, in fact, the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, then Christ has not been raised either. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile. You are still in your sins. Then those also who have fallen asleep in Christ are lost. If only for this life we have hope in Christ, we, of all people, most to be pitied. But Christ has indeed been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. 1 Corinthians 15. I love this so much because, I mean, I think as a believer, don't you have doubts from time to time? Of course. Right? You, you get scared. You get, oh. Everybody uh, does. Right? We've just gone through Easter, you know, mm -hmm. Resurrection Sunday. What if Christ did not raise from the dead? Right. Well, there it is. I mean, mm -hmm. the gospel's taking your fears and your worries straight on. Yeah. Talk about yesterday, John. Did you do your church thing online? We did, yeah. And um, I got up. I was up, well. <laughs> Honey, you're up early at nine, nine thirty. That's exactly what I was gonna say. <laughs> That's because you and I are like staying up till two. Oh, I know. What's that about? Why I, are we I like doing it. That? I like it a lot. I mean, really, I thought I left that behind. Like yeah, I thought, you know, no, two a.m. was back. like, oh, I love it. Totally I, back. All my life, I've been a night owl. But you know, you know, as you age, you kind of go. It's ten thirty. I gotta go. I to nev bed. I've never for a minute wanted to be in bed at 10 o'clock at night. Never. You haven't. Never. No. no. Kathy, you, you just wait. I'm just okay. saying, I'm not, I'm not trying to like, you know, freak you out or anything, but your day will come. Okay. Okay. I'm just All saying. Right. Okay. So now, because we're working from home and you know, everything's upside down. It's one o'clock. It's two o'clock. I'm waking up a little later in the morning. Right. So yesterday I got up <laughs> early at nine <laughs> and I, I got my phone and I started, you know, doing the thing that everybody does. Well, I got you mean, stopped. So you mean social media feed? Yeah. I went on Facebook and I started to scroll. Okay. I can't tell you how many times I stopped and looked and lingered at people's services. Oh, yeah? I mean, oh, 9 o'clock, 9.30, 10 o'clock. I bet you, no exaggeration. I'm sure I stopped and lingered 20, 25, maybe even 30 services I was part You're of kidding for me. anywhere, you know, three to five minutes. It was wow. fabulous. It was incredible. So what, what was it like? What? It was all over the map. It was all, I mean, what you might picture in your mind. I mean, there were very, um, there were Orthodox services. Of course, it was Easter Sunday for the Orthodox Church. Sure. And, you know, deeply reverent, lots of ceremony, lots of, you know, I mean, people dressed in all sorts of garb, uh, hats, incense, and then, of course, other guys up there with, you know, men and women wearing T-shirts and jeans playing a guitar. Mm. I just loved it so much. Um, to think that on Sunday morning, the body of Christ is present. Say what you will about this. To me, I, I think this is, this is the game changer. Um, I look forward to going back and being with my community once this is over, but to visit other churches, because I know, Kathy, you've done in the past, you've, mm -hmm. you've gone out of your way to visit other churches, sure. well, to do it like this, like I did, Trip the Light Fantastic, 25, 30 churches in you know, an hour and a half, I loved it. I, I can't wait for next week to do it again. That's so great. Yeah. Did you, see, cool. did you see anything you thought, oh my gosh, that's crazy? Well, I tried to reserve judgment. You know, Good. I didn't want to I'm sit glad. there. I mean, I didn't want to because everyone's trying to do their best, right? Right. And my heartbreak was that a lot of churches 
just don't have the capability to do I know. this. I know. Right? I there are a lot of churches lot. that are shuttered and people aren't going to gather. I know. So if you're out there and you're meeting and you're doing this and you're putting your more power to you. I love it so much. So keep doing it. Keep going on. And it's a little tweak. And it doesn't have to be like, you know, entertainment tonight or, you know, some major <laughs> motion look, picture. If it's entertainment tonight, you're doing it wrong. Sorry. <laughs> I mean, you know what I'm saying? It doesn't have to be high. You know, it doesn't have to be tight and anything like that. It just has to be people humble before the Lord together in community. That's the best. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for being with us this hour. Join us on Facebook, 101.5 Word FM, or the Ride Home with John and Kathy for a live stream. We'll be back in the 5 o'clock hour after news. WORDFM Pittsburgh. On your smart speaker by saying, play the word Pittsburgh. And on your phone via the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and at Radio.com. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. The Senate will try again tomorrow to pass an interim funding bill to address the needs of small businesses hammered by the coronavirus. It would boost the Paycheck Protection Program that has run out of money. Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu and his chief rival, Benny Gantz, have announced that they have forged a deal to form a coalition government, ending a period of political paralysis and averting what would have been a fourth consecutive election in just over a year. Oil prices plunging below zero, the latest never-before-seen number to come out of the economic coma caused by the pandemic. A barrel of benchmark U.S. oil for May delivery fell to a negative $37.60 per barrel as traders sought to avoid owning crude oil with nowhere to store it. The Dow dropping 592 points today. The Nasdaq was off 89. This is SRN News. It's time to stand with Israel. Sebastian Gorkehe inviting you to register for a life-changing trip to Israel December 2nd to 11th. Join me, my friend Mike Lindell, and hundreds of patriots on the Stand with Israel tour, a journey to the Holy Land to get first-hand insights into Israel's fascinating past and promising future. Register today at sebgorka.com. On the Stand with Israel tour, history, culture, and faith will converge right before your eyes in a truly remarkable country. I'll take you behind the scenes to explore over 40 iconic sites during an all-inclusive 10-day tour this December. We'll pray at the ancient Western Wall, sail the picturesque Sea of Galilee, float on the Dead Sea, explore modern Tel Aviv, and much more. Best of all, we'll be together with like-minded supporters of the nation of Israel. Reserve your spot today and travel with me on the Stand with Israel tour. Visit sebgorka.com and click on the Israel banner. That's sebgorka.com, S-E-B-G-O-R-K-A.com. Thinking about life insurance? What if you could make one free phone call and learn your best price from nearly a dozen highly rated price competitive companies? Well, that's exactly what happens when you call SelectQuote Life. For example, George is 40. He was getting sky-high quotes from other companies because he takes meds to control his blood pressure. But when I shopped around, I found him a 10-year, $500,000 policy for under $25 a month. I'm SelectQuote agent Dan Savino. And believe me, If SelectQuote isn't shopping for your life insurance, you're probably paying too much. For your free quote, call 800-494-2323. That's 800-494-2323. 800-494-2323. Or go to SelectQuote.com. Since 1985, we shop, you save. 
Get full details on the example policy at selectquote.com slash commercials or price could vary depending on your health issuing company and other factors. Not available in all states. This is an important coronavirus update from the nonprofit Global Healthy Living Foundation. Do you or a loved one live with a chronic illness? If so, you and your family may be at a higher risk for contracting the COVID-19 coronavirus. The Global Healthy Living Foundation has made free information and support available for your protection and well-being. Go to ghlf.org to enroll in their free patient support program to get updates and information related to the coronavirus outbreak. Protect yourself and your family. Visit ghlf.org today. You know, spring cleaning doesn't just mean the deep clean you do around the house once a year. You may want to do some tidying up for your business's digital marketing, and Salem Surround can help. We give you all the right tools to surround your target audience and turn website visitors into website leads. Contact Salem Surround for a free evaluation of your digital presence and learn how to get your advertising message in front of today's consumers. Learn more at surroundpittsburgh.com. Surroundpittsburgh.com. Connecting you with new customers. Turning cloudy tonight with a shower late, low 45. Cloudy tomorrow becoming windy and chilly with a couple of showers, high 47. Tomorrow night becoming clear and colder. There will be a freeze, low 28. Wednesday, Sunday, the partly cloudy, still cool. High Wednesday, 51. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Brian May. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, good afternoon. Thanks for coming along. The Monday edition. It's a gorgeous day. Fabulous day. I um, During the break, Kathy, nailed myself here of a little, a little chocolate. What? Uh, have you been doing this? Well, I've been doing this. You know, for Easter, I went out and bought myself several bags of, you know, mallow or mallow cups of Reese's, <laughs> Reese's cups and things like that. I haven't seen a mallow cup in a while. You got, okay. Mm-hmm. You got those for yourself. I did. Mm-hmm. This is from, this is a uh, Reese's uh, thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, very nice. Is that good? Can you hear my printer? I was printing something out, and all of a sudden, I thought, "Well, that seems very, very loud." No. Mm-mm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Good. I'm glad. Nice uh, listen, I didn't. Um, I didn't give myself any chocolate for Easter. That's because you want to fit in your pants. I do want to fit in my pants. I'm afraid of the COVID fifteen. You've heard mm-hmm. of it. Oh, I have heard of it. It's yeah. like the freshman fifteen. I'm trying not to do that. The fifteen doesn't bother me. It's the thirty that I'm a real leery of. <laughs> <laughs> let's get no, down saying. to the things COVID that really 15, matter i got the COVID 15 <laughs> it's the 30 did, did you ever have fat pants if, of course i have fat pants don't you love them okay but here's the thing i have to i have to confess this uh, wait look at mike's <laughs> laughing like he yeah mike's know, laughing like does he know mike, what fat pants are because he's no, only 33 right mike's no we're going to be asking mike about fat pants um i have only been wearing my fat jeans for the last two weeks because they're so comfortable. You know, mm. thankfully at this point they're large. Okay. Right. Let's hope by the end of this fiasco that they're still large. But anyway, right. I've only been large- wearing my fat pants for the last five years because it's the only thing I can fit in. Oh, <laughs> just I've been doing pretty good actually, other than that little breakdown. But uh, anyway, just today I was thinking, you know, when I have to go back out into society yeah. and wear pants that are the right size for my body, I am going to hate it. <laughs> right. Restrictive. A <laughs> belt? It. You want yeah. me to wear a belt? I'm belt. not going to wear a belt. What are you talking about? Come on. No. Mike, do you have fat pants? No. 
No, I mm-hmm. I need to get some though because I tried on my uh, my oh. my wedding pants, my wedding suit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that was uh, oh. that was going, coming up on six years May May fourth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I cannot fit in those things. Can't you though? No, Your I wedding, can't. I can't at all. That was six years ago. I'm coming up on six years. Really? Um, and I, you know what? I, t- I have to tell you, I don't even remember the last time. I'm serious. I don't even remember the last time I went and bought a pair of pants. Really? It's been a mm-hmm. while. Mm-hmm. I need to wow. go out because. I've gotten I gotten a little chubby. Are the stores open? Uh, can you go buy a pair of pants now if you wanted no. to? No. Kohl's? Not here. No. Kohl's is closed? No. no. JC Penney? Yeah. No, nothing's really? open. Wonder. Are you new here? I, mean, I just <laughs> wonder. Look, I mean, not I mean, we're, we're in quarantine in Pennsylvania. You heard but that, right? It feels as Listen though a lot of places are open. You know that. No, hey, I, I went to Chick fil A on Friday night. I just oh, want to say yeah. that. Yeah, but you I want to say going... thank you to everybody at Chick fil A. Mm, yeah. It was raining, and those kids were out there in line. Me, I like, I was. They're sitting there with these red hoodies on. Hey, can I? Hey, you guys. I'm, I'm, I'm apologizing. I'm sure everybody apologized. I said, I'm so sorry. She was like, my pleasure. My <laughs> pleasure. Which was really sweet, you know. Because they're all just so happy to be there. Right. And then they gave me the bag. I get up there and I go, could I have ketchup, please? Like I'm apologizing because I'm asking for ketchup. Right. How dare you mm-hmm. ask yeah. for ketchup. But right. thank you, Chick-fil-A. For anybody who's out there, I mean, oh, my gosh. I'm so unworthy. I know we're all everybody who's on the front lines. We're all unworthy of what you all are doing. God bless you. All right, John. So let's talk about this crazy dichotomy we've got going on in America. Uh, The Wall Street Journal today reported that most Americans are afraid to go. Say the restrictions were lifted tomorrow. Most Americans would be too nervous to go out of the house and resume normal activity because there's no vaccine for the coronavirus. Okay, so so someone asked today on social media. If the restrictions were listed, lifted today, would you go to church on Sunday? Right. I said no. No. Would you go? No. Mike, you going? No way. No way. I mean, I think people would go. Too I think early. some people would go. When yeah, they, some I people said, you know, say I would go if I had social distance, if I had my hand sanitizer, yada, yada, yada. Right. I'm not going. I, I'm not doing that. My I, wife I would. Just, not, I don't, not your me. wife would? Yeah, she would. She's okay. like ready to go like right now. She, yeah. No. Okay, so, but most, the Wall Street Journal, John- and correct me if I'm wrong, says that most of us would be too afraid without a vaccine to enter into normal life at this point. At the same time, though, we've got protests cropping up all over America. People are saying this is ridiculous that you you governor whatever of whatever state I'm in has shut down business and we want to go back to work and we want to get out. And so let us. Right. OK, so uh, look, I, I'm pro- we're probably the wrong people to talk about this because we've got a paycheck. Right. We're sitting here with a exactly. paycheck. We're, we're doing our job. Yeah. For better, for better or worse. Save your emails, please. Okay. Yeah. okay. And if you want to <laughs> okay. put comments on our right. Facebook page, right. find another page other than the ones don't, we're on. Don't send yeah. any negative emails to my boss because I need this job. Okay. I'm just saying. All right. I'm just saying. Uh, but, you know, uh, yeah. I mean, many people look, we've got a good friend who's a contractor. Yeah. He's out of business. Right. No one's hiring a contractor right zero now. Zero work. Right. He's, he's zero work. And he had all kind of projects lined up. Right? How many people are just out of work? Sure. So you could understand if you've got no paycheck, you've got no medical insurance, you've got kids, you've got food, you've got all that. You're climbing the walls. And, of course, the government's the bad guy because you look around and you think, wait a second. This is way under the projections. Far fewer people have died than was initially anticipated. Far few people are sick. So let's get this party going and let's all get back to work. I mean, downtown Mm -hmm. Pittsburgh today, there were more than several hundred people 
right? Carrying signs, chanting, protesting. They want to go back to work. It was played out in Harrisburg. It was played out in Albany, played out in New York City. Many major metropolitan areas had Mm -hmm. these demonstrations today. I don't agree with what they're saying because I think we should need, we still have time to social distance. We need to stay away from each other, but I get what they're doing. I know. And I think you're right. I get where they're coming from as well. I get where they're coming from as well. Um, And it would be an untenable situation to be looking forward into the future and not have any idea when you're going to get another paycheck. Especially if you're like, right. Okay. All right. So, but given that we, we both agree on that. I'm sure Mike's with us on that as well. Okay. But here, but okay. But here's, here's the other question though. The government is not keeping us from working or from going to the mall or from going out to a baseball game because they're trying to be some kind of authoritarian central government organization. That's not why it's happening. They're trying to keep people alive. So if you want to protest, if you don't like this, I totally get it. If you are desperate for a job and are desperate for a paycheck, I totally get that. But let's not make the government the bad guy just because we need to blame somebody. Because how would you feel if you were the governor? What What if that was your job? Or what if you were a state senator? Or what if you were... Those are unbelievably difficult jobs. I just, I I want us to be gentle with people in authority because I want to give them the benefit of the doubt. These are unprecedented. No, no one knows what to do. Right. We're doing the best. We're doing the best we can. And I just, in our zeal to resume normal life, normal life, I just don't want us to scapegoat the people that God has given us to, to protect us and care for us. I agree. I agree hundred percent at the same time. Okay. I'm talking to family. We've got family in Aberdeen, South Dakota. Now um, South Dakota recently had a, an outbreak from a, a Sugarland meat processing mm-hmm. plant, sure. right? but this was uh, this was in Sioux Falls. And so it was a couple hundred miles away from Aberdeen. So my brother-in-law's going, everything's shut down in Aberdeen and they're telling him, they're telling him what, what he hears that the peak is not supposed to come until July at the earliest. So he said, meanwhile, my business, he works in the oil business. I mean, you know, he's cratered. He's saying everything's shut down. Our paychecks are gone. I've laid off all of my employees, some 50 people. So what do you say to people with that? It's coming, but it's not coming yet. Right. But meanwhile, we're going to shut you down. So right. you could see why the governors themselves. I, I mean, know. Look, I know, I know. It's a hot mess. Okay, but let's talk about the projected numbers because I think that's important to say as well. So if projected numbers are less than what we thought they were, that can't be a reason for us to hate the government. Because think about what what you're saying there. You're saying that the numbers are less than what they projected. That means that what they've advised us to do is working. Exactly, right. And what? So- Oh, so it's okay that 60,000 people die, not 250,000 people. I'm not going to get on that boat right. either. No, right? Because a life, every life is valuable. Yes. So yes. But, no, I'll be on the fence but, about anything like that. But listen, if you're, if you are a battlefield commander and you're looking at losing 10,000 men versus 25,000 men, you're going to pick 10,000, right? Yeah, of course you are. I mean, you have to. So we have lost so many people up to this point, but think of how many more we could have lost yeah. if we wouldn't have done what we've done. I agree. And to I stay the course. I, right. I mean, I'm the, you know, that politically I've been a conservative my whole life. I've never been a person who's been championing any kind of strong central government. But in this instance, I believe that's what it's for. I agree. 
Yeah, I, I'm the same way, Kath. But at, at the same time, I can't imagine of being, you know, that husband, right. that father yep. going, yep. my kids have nothing. I We're know. in trouble here. I'm, I'm not know. even thinking about toilet paper. I'm just thinking about the day-to-day essentials. And, oh, by the way, you haven't paid your mortgage for X number of months now. And, you know, everything's cratered. I know. I know. God help us. God help us. God all help indeed. us. Right. Yeah. Right. I, you know, whatever your uh, elected leader is saying, God is still in control of what happens on the earth and in your life. And even when things seem completely out of control, there's a God who's good. And that doesn't give you an easy answer. And that doesn't give you like a sure and certain hope for what's going to happen to your paycheck tomorrow. But it does give all of us a sure and certain hope as we look forward to a future we can't even comprehend, understand, or predict. I'm into that. Let's step away for a few minutes. Uh, Matthew Is that Anderson. too simplistic? Did I no, say that not. and sound no, like it's too simplistic? simplistic. No, because it's not. Because I can't stand people who are being simplistic about, oh, you should trust God. No, you well, should just go to church. It'll be bad. like, I don't want to be that person. But are we not called to trust God? I know. Right? Well, In we good are, times right? and bad. And look, we, we've not felt the pain of, you know, pandemic. We've not felt, felt the pain. There have been tragedies in everybody's life. And when there is tragedy, when there is heartache, when there is fear, when there is uncertainty, when there is depression, all those things... As a believer, I'm, I'm, I go there. Eventually, I to. end up on my knees. Yes. Eventually. Right. Now, you know, the road there is often like this. I wish I was a stronger Christian and I was straight ahead. But sooner or later, I'm on my knees. And yeah, yeah. I, I'm so yeah. grateful for that. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm grateful for. I don't think that's simplistic or okay. Pollyannish or, you know, a quick, easy answer. Okay. It's hard to struggle it with is. your faith in the midst of all this it is. and be authentic. It is. And if anyone's watching the program on Facebook or listening to it on Terrestrial Radio, I hope you hear my heart when I say that the struggle to believe in God is a daily one. Yeah. And the 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 long arc of faith that we begin the day we say yes to following Jesus has a lot of ups and downs. And so never on the show would John or I or Mike ever want to give off an impression that belief in God is some easy Pollyanna-ish, everything in your life's going to work out type of thing, because that is not what it is. No, but right. But it's still real. And so if we don't acknowledge that, if we don't say, look, I'm still coming back to faith in an immovable God who is good at the end of every day, then I don't know what I'm doing here. I agree with that. hundred percent. Well said. Okay. We'll take a break. We're going to go to Waco, Texas. We're going to talk to Matthew Anderson about this and other things as well. So we hope you're with us. We'll be back in a few minutes. It's the ride home with John and Kathy here on Word FM. WORD. These are uncertain times. You may be searching for resources that help with your fears and anxieties. We've found a great one and want to send it to you free. A 14-page guide with 10 ways to overcome your fears and anxiety from best-selling author Stephen Arterburn. I want you to experience God's comfort right when you need it the most. Get your free download of 10 ways to overcome your fears and anxiety now at wordfm.com slash overcome. Diabetes, high blood pressure, anxiety meds, everyone's on them. If you you're a 50-year-old male, maybe a bit porky, and you may even have type 2 diabetes, a million dollars of term insurance may only cost you about 200 bucks a month. 
Call Term Provider. Speak with Big Lou at 800-555-2085. Big Lou will find a term life policy for you even if you have type 2 diabetes, are overweight, or have high blood pressure. Term Provider has helped thousands of people like you who think they can't afford term life insurance. To buy a million dollars of affordable term life for you, all you need to do is call Big Lou at 800-555-2085. Lou will make sure the scales are tipped in your favor. Call 800 800- 555-2085. Big Lou will answer your call and work to fit you into a term life policy that you can afford. Remember, Big Lou's like you. He's on meds too. Call 800-555-2085. 800-555-2085. Spending more time inside? J&D Waterproofing can help you breathe a little easier. Protect your family, friends, and pets from mold, dampness, and other unhealthy elements. For over 80 years, J&D has been making Pittsburgh basements very very dry and improving indoor air quality with solutions like the Easy Breathe system. Eliminate unhealthy mold and allergy causing moisture without filters or reservoirs while using less energy than a 40 watt light bulb. Call 1 800 Very Dry or visit jdwaterproofing.com. Timeless wisdom, encouraging proverbs, and powerful promises. At BibleStudyTools.com, we aim to provide the best free resources for knowing the Word of God and applying its powerful truths to your life. Use Bible Study Tools. Tools.com's daily Bible verse for inspiration as you start each day. Find powerful verses on more than 300 topics that relate to your life's challenges and needs. Verses to encourage your soul, lift your spirit, and strengthen your faith. Visit BibleStudyTools.com. That's BibleStudyTools.com. For victims of drunk and drug driving, our grief is unique. But you are not alone. You always have a place at MAD. Call our 24-hour victim helpline at 877-MAD-HELP or visit mad.org. Washington County parents, you have a choice in your child's education. For nearly 40 years, Central Christian Academy in Houston is where pre-K through 8th grade students receive the comprehensive education they need to become top of the class. Learn more at ccaschool.com. friends all over the country thanks to the beauty of radio and uh, Matthew Lee Anderson I don't know we've known him for years I mean maybe eight or nine years we used to talk to him when he was living in England now he's living in Waco Texas uh, Matthew Lee Anderson is the founder and lead writer of mere orthodoxy he's the author of earthen vessels why our bodies matter to our faith and the end of our exploring a book about questioning and the confidence of faith Matthew welcome back Hey, thanks for having me on. I appreciate you making me feel old by reminding me how long <laughs> I've been doing this. It has been a long time, my friend. <laughs> it has. It's true. Yes. And, you know, Waco is a little bit of a step down from England, you know, just yeah. a little, but not, but it's not a leap down. Okay, good. So, you know, despite the presence of Chip and Joanna Gaines, uh, things are still good in Waco. They are, yeah. And not, I mean, not despite the presence, because of the because presence of uh-huh, yes. of mm-hmm. I, I am a fan of Chip and Joanna. No, I don't know them. Everyone asks. But they Go have done. I know, I know. Um, right. But they've done really good work here in Waco. And so, yeah, we're very grateful for the renewal that they have brought. Excellent. Mm. Okay, so Matthew, uh, talk about Waco. Um, we were talking about, you know, coronavirus here in the city of Pittsburgh. And so um, are you guys, you know, plateauing? Has it arrived? Do you know people that are sick? Uh, how's it working in your circles? 
Yeah, so we are, we seem to be plateauing. It's hard to tell from um, the, uh, like, the official numbers are we've had two, uh, excuse me, eight cases in the last seven days. So we're we're just over one per day. Um, And that's the official numbers. The, I'm sure the real numbers are different than that. But officially, we have held pretty steady. We were getting about three to four new cases officially a day for uh, a couple of weeks. And we're down to about one a day now. And that seems like progress, um, uh, the sort of progress that makes me think that we could be moving close to reopening things here. Wow. Um, so is the state shut down? Specific to wake up. Yeah, the whole state is shut down until uh, April 30th. And the... You know, the local council has affirmed the decision of the, of the governor, um, so we're not going to go rogue on our governor here. But it is, it, it is a sort of, like, it does seem like we can have a conversation about moving towards reopening, because one case per day, you know, our, our health system is such that we have ample space for, for if there were a surge, um, we've got a lot of room right now, so... Excellent. Okay. So Matthew, before you came on, we were talking about this dichotomy that's going on in the country now where the Wall Street Journal reports that most people were the restrictions to be lifted would still be too afraid to go out and resume normal life without a virus or without a vaccine for the virus. On the other hand, you've got all these protests springing up in different states around the country. People who are saying to the governor, hey, you know, you're keeping us down. We don't have a paycheck. We don't know what to do. It's time for you to let us open up. Uh, talk about that. How, how do you look at those two uh, differing viewpoints? Yeah, I, I, it's an interesting contrast. I'm glad that you dug that up. Um, I, there was evidence before the stay-in-place orders started that consumer behavior had changed dramatically. Um, consumers had started to not go out to eat. We'd started to not gather in public. We had really started to effectively keep ourselves at home. And the decisions of governors and the like to implement stay-in-place orders was in certain ways for a subset of the population who had not taken uh, the news reports of, of the badness of this terribly seriously. Um, I, it seems to me that the longer this goes, the harder the rationale is to justify, like, like the harder it is to justify keeping a stay in place order in place. Um, and people just have, Americans especially, we have this resentment against authority yep. and we'll like comply willingly when we have information that our lives are really in danger or we're going to be endangering our, endangering our neighbors' lives. Like, we'll absolutely stay at home. But if you tell us we have to stay at home, then we get really upset about that because we, we just really don't like authority. So it's a bit of a paradox. Um, but from my standpoint, like, local governments could allay the protesters by extending as much information as they have about mm-hmm. um, testing rates, you know, by being really transparent about what the state of the, the situation is and by putting together very definitive plans for how they're going to move towards reopening. That would take, a, I think, a lot of the, the pressure out from the protesters because it would be, you know, we'd all look at their reasons and be able to evaluate their reasons as, as good. And if they're not good, then they should, you know, reopen and take, lift stay-at-home orders. So we're all of us, you know, across the country are sort of in this squishy period right now, right? Where the peak has come for a lot of the country. 
Um, it looks like, you know, deaths are down. And so we're hoping to reopen, but the government's saying, let's chill on this. Let's hang back a little bit. So everyone's kind of chomping at the bit. And this squishiness is going to be with us maybe for another seven days, another maybe even a little bit longer until they start to at least talk about it. At least the government starts to have this conversation in a more open and earnest way, because right now there's still big question marks out there. Yeah, there are huge question marks. And, and, you know, it's totally reasonable for the government to not want everyone to run back out into public and to act as though nothing has changed. Lots has changed. And the question is going to be, will we modify our own behavior to such an extent that we can go about our lives safely? And I think that's what they're trying to figure out how they can uh, get us to yeah. Okay. Yeah, so then, Matthew. It, then, if, so then, Matthew. Uh, on the thirtieth, if the the government in Texas says, "Okay, uh, we're gonna we're gonna lift the structures here," you can start to move around. That following Sunday, will you be in worship? Um, I might be if it's done appropriately. So, if there are, for instance, um, appropriate social distancing guidelines in place such that, for instance, if we have a very large building, we may only have 200 people in it. If we have a very small building, we may only have 25 people in it, such that everyone can stay six feet apart. Masks. I don't plan on going out in public without a mask until, I don't know, maybe they develop a a vaccine. Um, I just think that that should be default behavior by everyone. And I actually think that if they list the stay-in-place order, they should replace it with the mandatory mask order. Mm-hmm. Um, 90% of Americans wearing masks in public would do a lot to diminish the spread just because people who do have it and don't realize it would be catching their own droplets you know, from their speech. And so mandatory masks seems like a really obvious way of reducing the, the speed of spread and allowing us to identify people who do have it and isolate them and, and chase their uh, contacts and their networks and whatnot. Uh, but I, I, would, I would think that I might go to church if those conditions are in place. Okay. Catching his own droplets is Matthew Lee Anderson, founder and lead writer of Mere Shedding Orthodox. as we speak. <laughs> I mean, the things we thought we would never say, and look at right. what we're saying. It's hey, just catch a few droplets for me, because I'm, I'm, I'm going to shed a little bit here. How droplet ended up being like a you know frequent word we use. It's just a good is, image, is it? It really is creepy. All right, Matthew, well, um, I, let's move. I, I almost into... reached for spittle, Kathy. I, I just got to say, I almost reached for spittle, but droplets seem like just right. a little more. No, fun. I think droplets... If, okay, if we're ranking the the terminology, I would say the droplet is better than spittle. Well, droplet's okay. a more That's technical term, good. isn't it? Yeah, mm-hmm. I think it's good. Yeah. Okay. All right, Matthew, let me uh, move into the spiritual realm, which is going to be a hard segue from where we are, I'll be honest. <laughs> from spittle to spiritual, always on the ride home with John and Kathy. This is a man who studied at Oxford. Anyway. Um, Thanks, Matthew. Matthew, we were talking also before you joined us about um, – I'm having a hard time in some ways talking in spiritual terms on the air at a time like this, only because I'm so concerned that people who are watching our show on Facebook or listening to it and who have yet to believe are going to hear someone who 
they think is quote unquote religious, handing out easy answers. Oh, you should just believe in God. God is good. It'll be fine. I mean, as scared as you are at the end of the day, God is still God. Like, I don't want to be a person that's just spouting off, you know, platitudes and turning people away. At the same time, there is a core of faith. There is a real God that we believe in. So talk about how you're communicating today. Do you have any of those same concerns? Yeah, I think I do have those concerns, I, and I'm not surprised to hear that you have them, Kathy. I, I mean, we just have to say God is not a vaccine. Jesus Christ is not the antidote to COVID. Um, like, like those sorts of ways of framing our response to this are unhelpful for a variety of reasons. Um, taking time to articulate the struggle, uh, the difficulty of being inside beneath a stay in place order. I mean, people are having a very hard time with this. And certainly like, you know, I disagree with the protesters. They definitely shouldn't be doing that, but I get it. It's very, very hard. And it's mentally taxing is the thing. We've lost so much in-person communication that we have to do so much more either talking or we have to do so much more writing and all of that, like, it's just exhausting. It's mentally exhausting. And then if you add financial stresses and stresses about the future and add all of these things, it can become a very like wearing time. It, 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 it causes people to grow thin. And I think being able to talk about the faith in this context, you have to be able to acknowledge the, the real challenges that people are facing within their emotional lives. You'd be able to say like, the, the answers, you know, the, the truth of the gospel really does reach into this sort of situation, but in ways that are often very subtle, right? It allows us to just be a little more cheerful despite uh, another day of having to talk to people only on Zoom or only on the internet, right? And another day of feeling like we're trapped inside of our nursing homes or we can't go out. Right. Like it, it allows for a kind of connection, a, a kind of um, a sense of emotional resonance with other people. But I think not being a believer would just I, I couldn't imagine not being a believer in this context. But it is very hard to identify what that difference is in a way that doesn't make it sound totally trite. I agree. You know, and to not be a believer, I think I'd be, uh, the darkness would come upon me awfully yep. fast. Yep. So I am grateful for uh, my uh, communion with Jesus Christ. Hey, Matthew, always a pleasure. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for being with us. Uh, you're a good guy. Yeah, thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Matthew Lee Anderson, the founder, lead writer of Mere Orthodoxy. He's the author of Earth and Vessels, Why Our Bodies Matter to Our Faith, and The End of Our Exploring, a book about questioning and the confidence of faith. Matthew Lee Anderson. Hi, I'm Jay Farner, CEO of Quicken Loans and Rocket Mortgage. During the challenging times we're all experiencing, our top priority is the health and safety of the communities we serve. And while it's true that things are changing rapidly every day, one thing that'll never change is our commitment to giving you the best mortgage experience. At Rocket Mortgage, our guiding philosophy of every client, every time, no exceptions, no excuses, exists for times like right now. We understand that hardships may arise, and we're prepared to help. If you currently work with us and need assistance with your mortgage, contact us 24-7 at rocketmortgage.com. As we all think about ways to save money, let me remind you that mortgage rates are near historic lows. 
If you think right now is the right time to refinance your mortgage, our home loan experts are available to help you 24 hours a day, seven days a week at rocketmortgage.com. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender. License in all 50 states. NMLSconsumeraccess.org, number 3030. Think fast. In the short time it takes to listen to this message, a small flame can turn into a big fire. Several minutes more, and thick, poisonous smoke may have filled your lungs and reduced your ability to respond. Give it five and your entire home may be filled with flames. Keep breathing. We've got you. Don't let your world go up in smoke. Have working smoke alarms and always stay in the kitchen when cooking at high temperatures. Learn more at usfa.fema.gov because fire is everyone's fight. Over these many months, you've heard Kath and I sing the praises of Grove City College. We do so because both Kathy and I have children attending Grove City. We write the checks. We're part of the community. We know firsthand about the excellence of Grove City. I do believe that the education there is excellent, and the uh, interactions I've had with professors, with university administration, and just the experience of my kid. I mean, it's just been wonderful for our family to see her develop in a place that's committed not just to her education, but also to cultivating her calling in life. She feels like she's getting an individual approach, while at the same time being a part of a great university environment. And that's it. You've seen your child develop. They walk in as a young freshman. Four years later, they're going to come out as a fully formed, functioning adult with a really strong theological background, great friends that last a lifetime. To me, that's the essence of what a quality education is when your child goes to college. So if you're thinking about college for your child, we'd highly recommend you make a visit to Grove City College. It's a beautiful old campus Mm -hmm. surrounded by so many wonderful things. Make sure that your child puts that on their list as they go about looking at higher education. Grove City College. Look at it online at gcc.edu. Stop by for a visit and say, hey, John and Kathy sent me. That's Grove City College. Listen on your smart speaker, the Word FM app at wordfm.com, iHeart, tune in, and on radio.com, in the car or at home, too, at 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. Turning cloudy tonight with a shower late, low 45. Cloudy tomorrow, becoming windy and chilly with a couple of showers, high 47. Tomorrow night, becoming clear and colder. There will be a freeze, low 28. Wednesday, Sunday, the partly cloudy, still cool. By Wednesday, 51. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Brian May. I don't know, John. One of the things that I've, I've seen more social media posts about than I would like are, are people saying, well, if, if I would have known how long this was going to be, yeah. I, I would have picked like different people to shelter with. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, wait, are you? I, I'm happy with my sheltering group. So am I. Very, so am I. I. Listen, I was thinking last night. I'm thumbs up. Thank you, God, for yeah. my husband, who is so wonderful, and yeah. my daughters, because we've all had a really hard time, but we've been able to figure it out. Yeah. I mean, thank God. I'm really I mean, grateful. Right. But it is funny, the things that are coming out. People are like, you know, I kind of thought imagine. I'd be with them for 10 days, yeah. not like, you know, six weeks. I mean, I hope people aren't, you know, the divorce rate doesn't go up or what people don't just, I mean. Oh, oh I hope not too, but it probably will. I hope that's not don't true. Don't you think? I guess. Okay. <laughs> you know, I mean, there are moments, don't you have gl- gl- moments where you're going to go, I think I'm losing my mind, right? 
Yeah. Yeah, I do. I, I, I mean, it started when we were still back in the studio. Remember the first day when we talked about aberrant behavior? I said that I was forgetting to condition my hair. <laughs> Listen, it's gone way beyond that. Uh, well, I'm glad because I don't consider that aberrant behavior. It was you aberrant your hair conditioner. It was. It was. Yeah. Anyway, so speaking of like not knowing how long you're going to be sheltering somewhere yeah. and being amazed weeks later, I want to tell you about Izzy Wheatley. Izzy Wheatley works at Paradise Park, which is a zoo in British Columbia. Hmm. And at the beginning of the uh, lock-in, let's call it, she decided that she would stay at the zoo. What? Okay, now listen. She works for the zoo. So she, so she, she works at the zoo, and she's a single woman who mm-hmm. lives with her parents. Mm-hmm. And so she was going back and forth to work every day, as we all were doing. And she started to get really nervous because there were a lot of people who were at the zoo. Sure. And she was concerned about her mom and dad. And finally, she thought, you know what? I think maybe I should just stay here. And I will, you know, protect my parents and I'll just kind of do what I have to do. And of course, she had no idea how long she was going to be living at the zoo, Whoa. but she's been there the whole time. Holy smokes. Well, yeah, that'd be yeah, a pretty yeah. good place to hang out, I think, well, despite the smell. Well, she said that the problem is for everyone who's still working, that you're doing more work than you were doing before because so many people aren't there. And so the people who are there are trying to like pick up all the slack, right? So that's what's happening to her. She's starting her day earlier and it's going later than it ever did before because there are only three people in the whole zoo that are staying there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a lot of feeding to be done. Yes. A lot of cleaning up. Okay. So this is what's going on. She said things have... (laughs) Things have morphed. Okay. So at the beginning, everybody had their own space, right? Now that we're what, four, five, six weeks in, two penguin chicks are sleeping in her bedroom. (laughs) Okay. Listen, she hand feeds them hourly through the day while she's juggling all her other duties, including feeding the otters, exercising the eagles and the vultures and the hawks. Honestly, she said, I constantly smell of whisked up fish. <laughs> oh my goodness yes, gracious. That's what she's doing. Mm-hmm. What yeah. are the animals thinking? They probably think, what is going on? Where is everybody? They probably love it that she's there probably. all the time. Yeah, They're right, probably right. wondering about everything else. Anyway, she said that in the zoo, stress levels completely spiked after mm. they were doing this for three weeks or so. She said everybody was grumpy at each other. Nobody knew who was doing what. The on-site keepers and workers who commute to the zoo, and there are six of them, have developed a sort of routine, and they're trying to stay away from the people who are staying there all the time, you know, so that they don't pass anything off. But listen to this. She talked about the grown-up penguins. She's got the chicks that are, <laughs> that are sleeping in her room, okay? But she's also in charge of the grown-up penguins because they're such a star attraction at the of zoo. Yeah, yeah. So she, they need to stay healthy. And of course, they want she wants to care for the animals, but she wants to make sure that they're socially acclimated. So when people come back to the zoo, the penguins aren't freaked right? Human interaction, right? Sure. So a part of her job is to ensure that the penguins continue to sit on the enclosure wall at the designated hour when the crowds will come oh, to the park. Okay. Sure. okay. So listen to this. She says, I give them a treat for that. And then I have a little cuddle with them. Oh. That's what she says. That's the quote I'm reading here from the <laughs> wall street journal. Then I have a little cuddle with them so that they don't fall out of the routine or wonder why they're not getting the attention from all those people anymore. Oh, those little fabulous things. She's huh? giving them a cuddle. 
Now, what zoo is this? Mm-hmm. This is Paradise Park in British Columbia. Very nice. I wonder what's going on in our Pittsburgh Zoo. I don't right? know, but it made me wonder. Thing. Maybe we yeah. should look into trying to contact somebody at the Pittsburgh okay. Zoo. Is someone yeah. cuddling our penguins? Let's hope so. Okay, we'll take a break. Come back. Uh, we're going to talk about when did we start forgetting God, the root of the evangelical crisis, and hope for the future. Mark Galley joins us in a few minutes. Stick around for that conversation. WORD. Coming up on Love Worth Finding. We have not yet begun to even see what God can do and God will do through us and with us when we're committed totally to Him. A holy church, a church aflame, is a mighty instrument in the hand of a holy God. Hear Adrian Rogers teach about that old-time religion this month on Love Worth Finding. Tonight at 11 on 101.5 WORD. Are you tired of some of the movies that Hollywood puts out? Why not redeem the time you're spending at home with family and watch something that affirms your values? For a limited time, you can purchase No Safe Spaces, a film that reveals how freedom of speech is being threatened and how some are even attacked for their Christian beliefs right here in America. Freedom of speech is important for the spread of the gospel. Truth flourishes where it's allowed to be heard. But your speech and beliefs are under attack now more than ever. People have been accused of hate speech for simply speaking about the gospel. And some politicians have threatened to permanently shut down churches because of the pandemic. There is no more important time to watch No Safe Spaces. Go to nosafespaces.com. Use the code SAVE25 to get 25% off your purchase. That's SAVE25. This offer is only available for a limited time. Go to nosafespaces.com today. As a business owner, you're in a difficult position today. Stay-at-home regulations, social distancing, and in some cases, extreme limitations on our individual liberties have caused small and medium businesses to question whether marketing during this time is the right thing to do. You're asking a lot of questions and you're getting few, if any, answers. Salem Surround is here to help business owners during these challenging times. We're sponsoring free webinars April 22nd and 24th, featuring nationally known marketing and advertising experts for Allen Associates, named in the top 2% of worldwide consultants by Gerson Lehrman Group. They'll discuss how to manage marketing in times of crisis and examples of how some businesses actually thrive in difficult times. Attend virtually to hear some factual data on what you can do to keep your business top of mind, relevant, and vital to customers today. Two free seminars are offered each day, April 22nd or 24th, and limited space is available. For times and to sign up, go to SalemSurround.com. SalemSurround.com. Your teeth can't remote into the office or remain socially distant, and dental emergencies won't wait to flatten the curve. The good news? While Stock Family Dentistry remains closed for routine care, they are open for emergencies, going above and beyond the norm to provide a safe, sanitary environment, pre-screening, and seeing only one patient in the office at a time. Stock Family Dentistry on Perry Highway in Wexford, where exceptional dentistry meets compassionate care. At StockFamilyDentistry.com. So we're all, of course, experiencing a worldwide crisis. But I think it's safe to say, if you've been following along at home and you would call yourself an evangelical, that there is something like an evangelical crisis as well. 
Well, Mark Galley is with us. Mark is the uh, former editor-in-chief of Christianity Today. He's got a brand-new workout called When Do We Start Forgetting God? The Root of the Evangelical Crisis and Hope for the Future. Mark, it's been a while. Welcome back to the show. Uh, good to be with you again. I hope we're able to keep uh, social distance safe during this interview. <laughs> well, listen, uh, I'm in my spare bedroom, and John's in his spare bedroom. And but I Mike's am shedding. His, and he is, he is shedding, and he, we're okay. concerned about droplets. Uh, and All my, right. <laughs> but, and Mike is the only one who's keeping any of this going, Mark. It's the way we are right now. Okay, wow. All right, Mark, we haven't talked to you in a while. Boy, you haven't done anything of significance, right? You haven't written anything that got you in trouble or anything, right? <laughs> no, nothing at all, yeah. Although okay, most so people have forgotten business my, is, business uh, as usual my Trump there. editorial from December because uh, another crisis has hit the, uh, the world is a, since then, yeah. yeah. Well, thank okay. goodness for the news cycle. Yeah. Okay, Mark, so um, I don't think that we can divide the problems that we're having in America as far as polarization and say, okay, well, let's just talk about it in a political realm. And now we'll talk about it in a spiritual realm. Um, I think all three of us agree that these are realms that are connected. And the reason that we're having such a hard time communicating is I think there's something profoundly wrong inside of us. So Mark, talk about how you feel about that question. Is there something profoundly wrong inside of us that we're seeing manifest, not just in our spiritual life, but also in politics and how, you came up with the idea of writing the book. Is it the same thing? Yeah, basically there's a <clears throat> there's a route to every crisis we face, uh, whether it be uh, the coronavirus or the economic uh, the economy or uh, the number of people who have stopped going to church before the coronavirus, etc. Uh, the increasing hostility we feel toward one another, and of course the Bible's uh pretty clear about that that they our number one passion and our number one love if it's not focused on god our creator and redeemer uh other things are going to go awry and as i was looking as i've kind of thought about my own life over the last few decades and thought about the life of evangelicalism in particular which is the part of the church that i've been most associated with i make the argument in this book that uh we have forgotten god we are we have forgotten our first love and we have to we have to first of all the book is mainly about identifying that and then we need to start thinking how we how we can reignite those flames of passion but the first thing is to just recognize that uh as evangelicals we're really awfully good at activism i mean we are exemplary uh people should look at a lot of the things evangelicals do for the poor to fight racism. I'm sure evangelicals are making great sacrifices to help people during the coronavirus. Uh, but I think my argument in the book is that we, uh, for all the good we do, that what that, do, what that does and can do, as uh, church spiritual leaders have said for, since the beginning, that activity can begin to take the place of God instead of being an expression of our love for God. Right. Mm. Okay, so Mark, you, you say the word evangelical, especially if you're not an evangelical, and uh, probably even more so if you don't have any faith at all, any Christian faith. I mean, all, all you got to do is look at New York City, and you look at Franklin Graham and Samaritan's Purse, where, you know, on the front lines of COVID-19 in New York City, where more than 500 people have been dying every day for the last month almost, yeah. evangelicals are essentially not welcome in the, in the place of, of great suffering and pain. In some ways, we've done that to ourselves. 
Yeah, yeah, that's because of, uh, unfortunately, it's because of Franklin Graham himself, who, as you said, Samaritan's Purse is an, an incredible organization. Who yeah. They do sacrificial work both in the U.S. and overseas. Unfortunately, their leader uh, says some things in public forums that uh, uh, cause more problems than they solve, and so it does cast a negative light on his on his very worthy organization and on evangelicals in general, and that's what's happening right. in New York, unfortunately. Yeah. So, in many ways, we become a political machine, more about the politics than less about Jesus. Well, that is one of the unique characteristics of evangelicalism that's been revealed in the 2016 election, that uh, we do pit a lot of our hope for for social change uh, in the political system. And of course, as people living in a democracy, of course, we think the political system is important for us to do that. But what's interesting is that... uh, you know, my my reading is that we put so much faith in it that we are willing to do things that are less than ethical and less than mm-hmm. moral to make sure our candidates win, or right. we're willing to support candidates who are a people of questionable character, just so we can have our agenda win the day in Washington. And we don't seem to realize that when we use means or we use people who don't represent us well to further our agenda, our political agenda, it actually will end up backfiring on us and actually prevent us from getting the things done that we really think need to be done in America. Yeah, and Mark, isn't that the hardship when it comes to the Christian life? Because uh, we are idol makers, and I'm not the person who invented that phrase. You've heard it 10,000 times because it's true. We can turn anything into an idol, um, whether it's food, whether it's a person, whether it's fame or whether it's wealth or whatever it is. And just politics is another uh, casualty in, in that regard. And idols are perpetually dissatisfying. And I think that's the thing I'm noticing most about politics right now is those who are deeply involved in it, the more divisive they become, the more unsatisfied they appear to be as people. Yeah, and the thing that what's tempting about idolatry is it's very concrete and real, and there's something tangible about it. Whereas the Lord, in his, for, for his various mysterious reasons, he keeps himself a little aloof from us in the sense. And so that, so that it is much more tempting to either invest in wealth or politics or whatever, because it's tangible. You can see a difference immediately. It doesn't require as much faith. <laughs> it just requires a lot of hard work, which, of course, ends up burning people out and disappointing people, like you said, because idols in the end, even though they look tantalizing in the end, they're not very nourishing. Right. Okay, so, Mark, uh, with a limited time here, and, of course, you know, 13 minutes or so, you're going to talk about the whole breadth and depth of God and his mercy and, uh, exactly. and the beauty of, and the power of God in the world. But, you know, with just a little time left, there's, there's a way back, right? I mean, we are people of faith. We, we, we know we're positive towards Christ in our lives and how he looks at us and especially how he moves in the world. Yeah, and I think kind of the point of my book is, first of all, to take a real close and honest look at ourselves and to recognize how we are more or less, in a lot of ways, at least this is certainly true of me, we're, we're practical atheists. That is to say, if we stop praying and stop going to church, we still would live pretty good lives in America, and we would still be active, and we would still be doing good things. And I think the first thing we need to recognize is that how peripheral God has become in our lives, even those of us who talk about him a lot. 
And that doesn't mean we have to browbeat ourselves and beat ourselves up and say what terrible people we are. But this, because this isn't a surprise to God. And he has been working with us and through us and beside us, even though he knows we're more or less ignoring him day to day. So the first step is, is just simple acknowledgement and to realize that that acknowledgement comes under the umbrella of God's mercy. And then take a hard look at what is it that I truly love and what is it that I truly want and what is it about God that I really don't want and that my heart has to be changed. Uh, it's, that's a long way of uh, talking about that old-fashioned word repentance, but it begins not with a panic and not with a self-beating, but with just an honest look that under the mercy of God I can look at my life the way it really is, the heart, my heart the way it really is, and begin talking to God about it. That's Mark Galley. Mark, can't tell you how good it is to hear from you again, sure friend. Is, Mark. Thank Mark's you for being new with us. Mark's new book, When Did We Start Forgetting God? The Root of the Evangelical Crisis and Hope for the Future. We'll be back next. Thank you. It's getting harder and harder to make sense out of today's headlines. To stay on top of breaking world and national news with a Christian worldview and a faith-based perspective on what it means, turn to ChristianHeadlines.com. Log on to ChristianHeadlines.com for the very latest news and then sign up for our free daily newsletter to stay one step ahead of what's happening. Get out of the mainstream media rut with top news and positive headlines every day with ChristianHeadlines.com. We're all spending more time at home these days, but somehow the wind and the rain didn't get the memo about shelter in place. Hey, listen, there's some great news from Windows R Us Pittsburgh. They've been granted a waiver by the governor to handle any emergency repairs outside your home. If you've had damage to your roof, gutters, siding, or windows, Windows R Us Pittsburgh can still answer the call. And everything will be handled in strict compliance with the government's social distancing guidelines to keep your family and their employees safe. You may be eligible for free repair or replacement with the area's premier exterior replacement company with over 50 years of home remodeling experience. Visit windowsrspittsburgh.com for a free inspection from one of their highly trained appraisers. For a no-pressure approach with no hidden fees and one of the fastest turnarounds in the industry, a company who will never skip town when it comes to honoring their warranty, windowsrspittsburgh.com. That's windowsrspittsburgh.com. Worried about deductibles and copays, dental or vision? How about elective procedures? Marley Financial, they've got you covered. This is Kathy Emmons. Marley Financial is now offering a new health savings account that can be used for anything health-related, anything. Copays and deductibles, any prescription, even elective procedures. Marley's new turbocharged health savings account can set you free of high premiums and out-of-pocket expenses. There's even a company matching component that can provide two or even three-to-one benefits. And because it's a contribution, not a premium, your value stays with you for the rest of your life. And if you recently lost your job and your health benefits, Marley has programs to get you the coverage you need when you need it most. Call Marley Financial today, 724-884-1496, and ask about their new turbocharged health savings account. That's 724-884-1496, Marley Financial, the most innovative agency in the marketplace at MarleyFG.com. Coming down the home stretches, Liberty Mutual, followed by Customize Your Car Insurance. But wait, from the back comes, so you only pay for what you need. So it's Liberty Mutual, Customize Your Car Insurance, so you only pay for what you need. And I'm pretty sure this is just an elaborate insurance ad. Liberty, 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 Liberty. Hey, we were sad to hear about the passing over the weekend of... Uh, oh, no. 
uh, Paul O'Neill, who was a former secretary of the Treasury, I think most notably known, uh, of course, here in Western Pennsylvania for many years as the president of Alcoa. Mm -hmm. Paul O'Neill, he could have lived anywhere. And of course, in his life, he did live a lot of different places, especially growing up. But he was one of these quirky guys with a super big brain who after, you know, he was done with government and came to Pittsburgh and, of course, made millions of dollars as head of that gigantic corporation, he decided to make Pittsburgh home. Mm -hmm. And he's just, he was always a really interesting, really just wonderful man. Uh, It was one of the heartbreaks that we never had him on the show. He just wasn't that kind of guy to be public, to go out after, especially after he retired from Alcoa. But do yourself a favor, read about Paul O'Neill and the work that he did pre-Alcoa, with the government, post-Alcoa, with his life here in the city of Pittsburgh. Truly one-of-a-kind man. My favorite story about Paul O'Neill, John, is when he was when he was traveling Africa, uh, yeah. raising money with Bono um, for uh, viral relief. Right. He, he several times came back and said, you know, I, I had to introduce Bono to some people there who didn't know who he was. <laughs> they didn't know who he was. Yeah, Bono's not famous everywhere. That's really good. Would say. I just love that. <laughs> Hey, thanks yeah, for being with us. Uh, we're up and running. Our show's on Facebook. You can find us there, 101.5 Word FM, the John and Kathy Show as well. And uh, stay safe. God willing, we'll see you tomorrow. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Salem Media Group.